Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here. I'd like to welcome all those in our Grovetown campus, those in our South campus, and those in our atrium. So glad that you're here. Let's give a, um, a welcome to those off-site here. I mean, it is a beautiful Easter Sunday, especially after the Saturday we had yesterday. Wasn't that something? I'm telling you, I didn't know if it was ever going to stop raining and cold, but today is a brand new day, and I am glad to be here celebrating Easter with all of you. You know, I'd like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the, the family that went on vacation to Israel, and a husband took his wife and his ever-present, nagging, critical, negative mother-in-law, okay? And as they were enjoying the vacation, something happened. It said the mother-in-law passed away sadly passed away. And so he went to the undertaker and said, I need some help. My mother-in-law passed away. And um, he said, well, this is what you can do. You can bury her in the Holy Land for $150, or you can ship her body back to Georgia for $5,000. What would you like to do? He thought about it for a minute. And he said, I think I want to ship her back. He said, did you not hear me? That you can bury her in the Holy Land for 150 Why would you spend $5,000 to ship her body back? He said, well, he said, a long time ago, a man was buried here. And three days later, <laughs> he rose from the grave. And he said, I just can't take that chance. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here today. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the single most important event of all of human history. That's why today and this weekend, over 2.6 billion people will celebrate Easter around the world. There's never been anyone like Jesus who's walked the face of this earth. He uh, was and still remains the most revered, the most loved person in all of history. He came preaching a message of love and forgiveness, of grace, and he came uh, speaking a message of peace. That's the message of, of Easter. The message of Easter is good news. You know, we rarely get good news. I mean, so many times we, we see news of inflation and we see uh, news of disaster and somebody died suddenly and then we hear news of of interest rates. All of these things are bad news. But today is about good news. Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, but on the third day, he rose from the grave. And because he lives, we have hope. Because Jesus came back from the grave, you can come back from anything that is holding you back. Because Jesus overcame death, you can overcome any type of those feelings that are making you feel overwhelmed. Because Jesus Christ lives, you and I can have a new life. And over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you from the pages of the Bible in Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at the original Easter story. 
As we open this chapter, I want you to understand that at this point in history, Jesus is in the grave. Jesus is in the grave and his disciples are heartbroken. They're fearful. They're despondent. It's like all the followers of Jesus are in a very, very dark place. Because you see, their their plans for the future has fallen apart. They felt like all of their hope was gone. They felt like that darkness had won. On Sunday morning, two grief-stricken ladies went to the tomb. We pick up the story in verse 1 of Matthew 28. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Now notice this, verse 1 says it was a new day. But I don't think Mary Magdalene and the other Mary fully understood what was really going on. In their minds, it was a new day because the sun had come up. The sun had come up and the day had started, but it was so much more than that. It was a new day because God was on the move. Sometimes when it seems like that things are their darkest is the precise moment that God is on the move. Sometimes when you're stuck and you feel like that you cannot move forward and that you're just stuck in that same place is the precise moment when God is on the move. You may not see it. You may not feel it, you may not understand it, but God is working behind the scenes in your life and God is on the move. These two ladies went to the tomb, verse 2, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled the stone away and then sat on the stone. Now put yourself in that story. The ladies get to the tomb, and suddenly the ground begins to move. The ground begins to shake. Sometimes God has to shake things up to get your attention. Maybe that's your story. Your life was going great, and then something unexpected happened. Something came out of the blue. Something started to shake. Shake the normalcy out of your life. Sometimes God has to shake you up. The angel came down. His face shone like lightning. And his clothing was white as snow. And then the guards shook. The guards shook with fear. And when they saw him, and they fell in a dead faint. Now these guards, these guys were big and burly Roman soldiers. They're Roman guards. And these big guys, burly guys, they shook with fear and they fainted while the two little ladies just stood up straight. Come on, ladies. They're strong. The angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. Notice that phrase, do not be afraid. We see this phrase over and over throughout the scriptures. 
And you kind of wonder, why does the Bible repeat that phrase over and over? And it's in the Christmas story. It's in the Easter story. It is peppered all throughout the scriptures. Why? Because God knows that all of us deal with fear. We all struggle at, at various seasons of our lives where we're afraid of something. Now, some of us have fears that we can control, and other times we wrestle with fears that we cannot control. But all of us have some kind of fear at some point. Now, I'll just be honest, I have a fear of heights. I mean, and this fear kicks in when I get on the Ferris wheel at the county fair. Okay, you get on the Ferris wheel at the county fair. For me, it's, it's terrifying to be a 100 foot up in uh, the air, and you know, it stops right there at the top to let other people on, and you're on this little bench, and you're ro- rocking back and forth. Every time it rocks back and forth, my insides start to shake because I'm terrified because they just put this thing together a couple of days ago. And I've seen some of those workers. They are not Georgia Tech engineers. And I am rocking back and forth, and my inside starts to shake. And maybe that's not your fear. Maybe you're not afraid of heights. You know, I can control that fear because I just don't get on the Ferris wheel. But there are times that people have and struggle with fears that you can't control. And maybe that's you. you, you wrestle with these thoughts, thoughts of being alone, and it makes you fearful. Or maybe you have this fear of, of being rejected, or, or maybe you have this fear of being abandoned, or maybe you have this fear of some sort of sickness. You have this fear of cancer, or maybe you have this fear of having Alzheimer's, and it just captivates your attention, and it immobilizes you, and it holds you back. From time to time, all of us, all of us wrestle with fear. Just think about it. Three years ago, you were not here three years ago. Three years ago, you were sheltered in place because you were fearful or, or our leaders were fearful of the COVID virus. We didn't even meet for Easter. We met online for Easter. And that fear of COVID caused all of us to shelter in place. It, was, it did strange, fear does strange things to people. When we experience fear, we need to remind ourselves that we are not alone, but God is with us. And that God is bigger than any challenge, and God is bigger than any problem, and God is bigger than any sickness, and God is bigger than any fear that you may face. I heard about a a little boy that was helping his mother clean and he was sweeping the back porch off and and he went on about his business and uh, after dinner that night, the mom started tidying up the kitchen and said, son, where did you leave the broom? Where's the broom at? He said, oh, mom, it's over on the back porch. She said, go get the broom. He said, I don't want to go outside. Why don't you want to go get the broom? He said, it's dark outside, and and I'm afraid of the dark. She said, oh, don't worry about that. God is out there. 
God's out there, and he opened the door, and he said, God, if you're out here, would you, would you, would you hand me that broom? <laughs> Intellectually, we all know that God is out there, that he is with us, but yet oftentimes we still struggle. We still struggle with this fear. And it's at these times we need to remind ourselves that God is with us. Here's the point. Fear disappears when we remember God is near. Fear disappears when we remember God is near. God is with you in the darkest moments of your life, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the struggle. He's with you. Look at what the angel said to the two Marys at the tomb. Then the angel spoke to the women, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. He's not here. He's risen. Jesus rose from the dead and this resurrection, his resurrection changed the world. But here's what you may not know. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. It's available for me. That same power. When you give your life to Jesus, God places his power in you. It is a spiritual power that gives you the ability to do things you never thought possible. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Let's just pause for a moment and look at that phrase, just as he said would happen. You know, Jesus predicted that he would suffer, and Jesus predicted that he would die, and Jesus predicted that he would be raised to life. Okay, Jesus predicted it, and it happened. What else did Jesus predict? What else did Jesus say? Think about that. Just as he said what happened. Have you ever considered the other things that Jesus said? I mean, let me give you an overview of the Bible about some things that Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26, he said, you are valued by your heavenly father. In that same chapter, he says, God knows your needs even before you ask. Jesus said, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. He said, I've come to seek and to save those of you who are lost. Jesus said, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open. Jesus said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Jesus said, if you will follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, but you will be able to walk in the light of light. Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he uh, dies, yet will he live. Jesus said, yes, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have difficulty, but you can be at peace for I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I am making everything new in your life. Jesus says, I am coming again. I love that the angel focuses on what Jesus said. He said to those ladies, hey, look, Jesus told you this would happen. 
Next verse, verse seven. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. I want you to remember what I told you. So the women hurried. The women hurried away from the tomb. They were afraid, yet they were filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And these ladies left. They're still frightened. They're still frightened, but yet they had this joy. They had this sense of peace inside of them. Easter reminds us that we can have peace in the midst of chaos. Easter reminds us that in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our, um, our challenges, that we can have peace. Here's the point. Peace is not the absence of chaos. It is the presence of Jesus. Peace is not the absence of chaos. You're going to be troubled at times. But it's the presence of Jesus. Jesus is with you. He said he is going ahead of you into Galilee, and you'll see him there. Now, what's up with Galilee? Now, Galilee was just a normal town. It was their town. It was where they went to work. It was there where they lived. These disciples went to live. And, and what he's, the angel is saying, Jesus is going ahead of you into your world. Whatever you may be facing, Jesus is already there. Jesus is going ahead of you into whatever work or family challenges that come your way. Jesus is going ahead of you into the health, whatever health challenges you may face. He is going ahead of you in, uh, in whatever struggles that come your way. Jesus has already taken the lead. He is with you. He is going ahead of you in difficulty so that you can be strong. He is going ahead of you in pain so that you can be healed. He is going ahead of you in rejection so that you can be accepted and be a part of his family. He's going ahead of you in death so that you can have eternal life. It doesn't matter what you will face or what you will face. Jesus has already faced it for you. Because Jesus lives, you can experience new life. Because Jesus lives, you can experience new life. Now, after the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days, nearly six weeks here on this earth, preparing his disciples for their ministries and for their next step. Now, when these 40 days were up, Jesus called them and met with them on a mountain in Galilee. And when the disciples arrived, they didn't realize that this would be the last time that they actually saw Jesus face to face on the earth in their lifetime. And that these words that Jesus would be saying to them were literally his last words. Last words are important. You know, when a loved one passes away, oftentimes we say, did they have any last words? What did they say? Did they have any last words? Two years ago this month, my mother passed away. My mother died of Alzheimer's after suffering for nearly 10 years. 
and in the last season of her life, I mean, it, it, was, it was really extremely sad. She couldn't communicate. She could not talk. A few days before she died, my wife, Patty, we were there visiting her. And as we get up to leave, she goes and hugs my mom. And to Patty's surprise, my mom spoke. Hadn't spoken and we couldn't tell you when. And she said these words to Patty, I didn't forget you. That was her last words that we know of. For the most part, the last words that a person says represent those things that are closest to their heart. What were Jesus' last words? Matthew 28 and verse 20, and surely I am with you always. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Think about that. Jesus said, I am with you, which means you can live confidently because Jesus is with you. You can live confidently because Jesus is with you. You're not alone. And I realize some of you have come into this service, maybe in our Grovetown campus, our South campus, maybe in the atrium, maybe right here in this auditorium. You've come into this service and you feel like that you have been overlooked and you have been forgotten and nobody really knows what you're going through. And you have this feeling that you're just ready to give up. You're ready to give up on your marriage. You're ready to give up on your kids. You're ready to throw in the towel on your career or maybe even your own life. I believe that God has led you to this Easter service so to hear this message. Don't do it. Don't give up. Listen to the words of Jesus, his last words. I will be with you. You are not alone in this struggle. You're not alone in this fight. God is with you. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, he has the strength and he has the power to get you through what you are going through. Call on him. Call on the Lord. Turn your life over to him. A lot of people will tell you that you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because you may die tonight. And that's true, but let me say it this way. You need Jesus Christ not because you're going to die tonight, but because you have to live tomorrow. You need Jesus because you've got to live tomorrow. You need a power that is greater than yourself. The power of the resurrection is the power to live confidently that, that Jesus is walking along with you to the very end. He said, surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. When you have to make an uh, impossible decision, know this, that God is with you. When you're forced to make a change and you really don't want to make a change, just remember that God is with you. When you feel alienated and you feel like nobody gets it and nobody understands it, remember God is with you. When you feel like worry has just covered you um, and you worry about not having enough money, you worry about being alone, you worry about where you're going to live, just remember God is with you. When uh, this 
unexpected job change hits you, remember God is with you. When you are so exhausted because you've been wrestling toddlers all day long, remember God is with you and he is going to give you strength. When you don't feel strong, when you feel saddened by loss, you lost somebody dear to you, you lost a friend, you lost a loved one, remember God is with you in the grief. When you've been scared by all the changes in the world and, and would somebody please slow this world down, you can be at peace because God is with you. When you are at your breaking point, know that God is with you. You are not alone in this. And I just want you to be reminded of that in this message. God is with you. And it's my desire that you just slow down just enough that you would recognize his presence, that you would recognize his voice, that you would slow down just enough so that you could see his hand working in your life. Oh, it doesn't look like you thought it was going to look like, but God is working behind the scenes to bring something good out of this very difficult and bad situation that you're in. God is with you. You see, Easter is not just a declaration of faith that Christ rose from the dead, but it is also a practical awareness that God is with us and because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives. Amen. Over the next few minutes, I want to introduce you to some people who've experienced personally God's power in their lives. Their lives have been changed. They've been changed. Now, the people that you're going to see on this video, they're real people. They're not actors. They're creakers. And these are the stories. These are real, sto- real Stevens Creek stories of how the power of God can change your life. I got pregnant as a teenager and then got married at 16. By the age of 22, our marriage had already ended. I was now a single mom with three sons to raise. I felt alone, angry, and hopeless. I started turning to drugs to help numb the pain in my life. I'd convinced myself that my life didn't matter and there was no point in going on. I wrote a goodbye letter and was on my way to end my life. When I looked up and I saw a book sticking out of my closet, as I picked it up, I realized it was the Bible. I opened it up and it fell to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As I read this story, I began to cry, especially the part where Jesus saved the three boys from the fire. I wanted him to save me too. So I called out to God and said, Jesus, if you are really who you say you are, help me. At that moment, something happened. I no longer had a desire to take my life or continue my drug use. In 2021, 
I got remarried to the father of my children. We now have a beautiful blended family of seven kids and a total of 23 grandchildren and a great granddaughter on the way. Today, I'm so thankful he saved my life and set me free. Because of Christ, I've received mercy. church in a Christian home, but starting in sixth grade, I started getting in trouble at school almost every day. I got suspended twice and was being influenced by the wrong crowd. We moved to Georgia. At that point, I started getting really depressed, dealing with bad anxiety and panic attacks, and I couldn't find my peace. I continued to spiral down the wrong path and got involved with all kinds of things I shouldn't have been doing, and I knew something had to change, but I didn't know what to do. I found myself at one of the lowest points when I attended Stevens Creek Summer Camp. During that week, I realized that living with God is the only way I wanted to live. And when I got home, I started making better choices and hanging around the right people. And through that, I began to have peace like never before. On February 26th of this year, I went public with my faith, and my life has now changed forever. Today, God has set me free from depression, anxiety, panic attacks, and all the baggage that I used to walk around with. Because of Christ, I have found peace. At 18 years old, I found myself in a terrible marriage. I was being mentally, emotionally, and sexually abused. When I finally left the marriage, I was even more broken than when I entered. Years later, I married again to a man that was gentle, full of love, and loved me endlessly. Through this marriage, I learned how to give and receive love freely. But quickly into our marriage, my husband was diagnosed with stage four melanoma in his lungs that quickly spread to his brain. After a long battle with cancer, I lost him. I began to question God and why he would take this person away when he could have healed him. But through that season, I learned God had a purpose. I began to see him working in my life, even through the darkest times. I was starting to see and enjoy the goodness he had for me on the other side. Today, I am married to a wonderful man who I get to do ministry with every week. We're building a beautiful life together and God is in the middle of it all. I know in my own strength, I would have never made it this far, but because of Christ, I have hope. What a humble sacrifice, love that wash me clean, love that wash me clean, oh love that wash me clean, it was all gone. hardest year of our lives. We lost our four-year-old daughter, Abby, in June, and then had a miscarriage in August. We were hurt, angry, and didn't understand what we had done wrong. We did get pregnant again, but then discovered at 15 weeks that the baby didn't have a heartbeat. The recovery was hard on us. We started questioning if our family was done growing. 
Then in September, we attended revival and God used two of the speakers to specifically speak to us, we felt. On the third night, the pastor said, you are going to learn something tonight that will change your life. We came home to find out we were pregnant. We're now in the final weeks of our pregnancy and have had a hard time picking out a name. A friend of ours mentioned the name Faith because of our faith throughout this entire process. Several days later, we were cleaning out Abby's room and found a painting that was given to her when she was first born. And on the painting was the word faith. The past few years haven't been easy, but God has shown us what it means to have faith and what it truly means to trust in him. Today we stand here and can't thank him enough for this miracle of a new child and for the promise that he would never leave us. Because of Christ, we have faith. For almost 15 years, I was in and out of treatment facilities for my heroin and opiate addiction. I would steal, cheat, lie my way to my next fix. I believe I had nothing to offer God, and my constant sin and rebellion left me on my own. I was dead inside. On May 15, 2018, with a 28-week pregnant wife and two sons, I almost lost my life. I overdosed on my kitchen floor, and I laid there lifeless where my wife and parents found me. They immediately called 911 and started CPR. Only by the grace of God were they able to revive me. I had been given a second chance. I knew with this second chance there had to be a change. My way had me dead on my floor. God's way brought freedom. On May 15th this year, I'll celebrate five years of being drug free. I have a beautiful family of six and an amazing wife that stood by my side through it all. God is in the miracle working business. Our previous life was full of selfishness and addiction, but because of Christ, I have freedom.
I want you to remain standing just for a moment. Over the last several minutes, you've heard the story of Easter from the Bible. You've listened to music. You've heard the overcoming testimonies. And it's easy for us to say a quick prayer and leave and check the box that we've been to church on Easter. I don't want this just to be another box you check. I want you to understand that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and he is with you. And that this is more than about getting you to be a part of our religion. But I want to talk to you about the importance of having a relationship with Jesus. Where Jesus lives inside of you. That he becomes the leader of your life and the Lord of your life. That's what Easter is all about. That Jesus went to the cross because we had a debt to pay. Our sins had separated us from God. And Jesus gave his life in your place, in my place. And we can be forgiven because he's paid for that. So our response is that we receive the gift of the forgiveness of sin. And so all I'm asking you, would you like to be forgiven? Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? So I want to pray for you. Because I believe that today is your day. And that this is going to be one of those times that when you look back over your life, that this is the moment that everything changed. That your life turned and you started walking in a new direction. Here's what I know. That you think you're here just to go to an Easter service or because you're having lunch with your mama or that somebody uh, promised that uh, they would take you out to eat after church. Whatever the circumstances that brought you here, I know that the Lord ordered those circumstances for this moment in your life. And so as I pray for you, I just want you to um, be in this posture, God. I give my life to you and I receive what you have for me. It's that type of attitude. And there's going to come a point in this prayer that you're going to, I'm going to ask you to be involved in this. And so I'll lead you along in that. So let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm just so thankful that I have just honor to be with some of the greatest people in all of Augusta, Georgia. I'm just thankful that you've allowed me to stand for, before this, this group. And I just pray, Lord, that you would take the words that I've said and that you would just anoint them and let them, God, do the work that you, you desire. Lord, I pray for families. I pray for those families that are in crisis. I pray for families that are suffering with sickness. I pray for families, Lord, that are struggling financially. God, come and make a way where there seems to be no way. And Father, I pray for those individuals that are suffering with depression and anxiety. I pray, God, that you would bring peace over them. 
And Lord, I pray also for those that have never made a decision to follow Jesus. They've never been saved. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Just say that. Come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Save me. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would want me to be. I give you my life. Say this. Say, God, I give you my past, and I trust you with my future. Fill me with your spirit. I receive this in Jesus' name. Now, Father, let your peace rest upon us all. In your name we pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed just for a minute. How many of you would say, Marty, I prayed that prayer and I received Christ as my Savior. Let me slip up your hand real quick and let me see your hands across this room. Yes, all across this room. And still others, still others. Yes, congratulations. I want to say welcome to the family of God. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.